Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg. For today's issue in Shear, we're going to discuss the phrase and expression Mazel Tov. What exactly do the words Mazel Tov mean? What does it mean to wish someone a Mazel Tov? Why, in fact, do we use this expression? Is this expression even appropriate? Might there be a more appropriate expression? And if there is a basis for using the, the expression, so once again, why exactly do we use this phrase? And in a moment, I will explain why exactly I chose this topic for right now. But before we do, I wanted to just thank our sponsor. We have a generous, anonymous sponsor, Luli Nishmas Shmuel Menachem Ben Ayeleib, Luli Nishmas Leibas Avram, and Luli Nishmas Yehuda Chizda Yakir Ben Rav Shlomo. They're Nishamas Shehav and Aliyah, and I thank the sponsor and anyone else who wants to sponsor and to donate and to be part, to be mishtatev, to partner up with us in the Harbatzas Torah that we do here. I mention frequently that for me, there is a small financial expense, and of course, there's the time expense. I very much enjoy doing these podcasts, and it's a pleasure for me to do it. But um, if you want to get part in it, and also to do the mitzvah of just helping out, so you just have to reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. That's the data, then base, B-E-I-S, at gmail.com. If you enjoy these podcasts, so this is a way to get involved. Of course, if you have any other kinds of contributions, like giving ideas of a sheer topic, or even perhaps a sheer series that you're interested in hearing about, or maybe something that you want to hear in Baltzfila Workshop. So please, let me know at the database at gmail.com, and you can be a part. Okay, so... In terms of why exactly we're talking about the concept of Mazel Tov now, and why exactly we say it, so there is a principle that appears in the Gemara, and its source is in this week's Parsha, Parsha's Lecha. The moment of this recording, this Shabbos will be the Kriya Torah of Parsha's Lecha. And the famous principle that we find, and it's based on the... Um, the Gemara in Shabbos on Daf Kufnun Vav, Shabbos Daf Kufnun Vav has a principle that's discussed, um, and that is the principle of whether or not there is Mazel Yisrael. At the and it, it, it turns out that it's a machlokus in the Gemara there whether or not there is Mazel Yisrael, but it seems to be that the that the point of departure in that Gemara is that, in fact, ein mazal Yisrael. There is no mazal for Yisrael. Now, what exactly that phrase means, we'll have to discuss in a moment, but even more famous than that principle in the Gemara, which I believe is a pretty famous principle, which we'll have to define, is the phrase mazal tov itself. Even non-Jews know the phrase mazal tov. Everyone knows mazal tov. And um, they, they might know it as mazal tov. But however they know it, um, it's, it's one of the most famous uh, phrases in all of Judaism, and it really requires our eon, it requires our investigation to understand what exactly the phrase means and why, in fact, we use it. So the easier part of the phrase to translate is tov. Tov means good. Great. So how are we doing so far? Not, not, not so bad. But then you get, to that, um, you, know, you get to that word mazel. What exactly is, maza, is mazel or mazel? What is mazel? So... This is where things get really tricky. We know 
at least based on context, how we use the phrase, what the phrase might mean, we use it in a congratulatory way. Someone, uh, someone has a simcha in the family, right? So someone gets engaged, so you wish mazel tov. Someone has a baby, you wish mazel tov. Maybe someone does really well in school, maybe they graduate, you wish them mazel tov, right? We seem to, even though we might reserve mazel tov for exclusively religious um, I guess experiences and celebrations, but you, we find the phrase being used in all sorts of contexts. Usually, it's a positive context, and usually, it's congratulatory. So, what exactly are we wishing when we say this? Now, if we try to translate as literally as possible, so mazal is sometimes maybe loosely and possibly inaccurately translated as luck. Right, what does the word mazal really mean? So, mazal has apparent connection to the zodiac, to astrology, right? Something, when we talk about something that, is, that does not get the best portion, we say that something has um, unfortunate mazal, does not have good mazal, right? So in, in Real Talk Torah in the past, we discussed the tefillah of tachanun and how tachanun does not have good mazal. It's not the most popular tefillah, but of course, it's an important tefillah. And here in Real Talk Torah on the podcast, we discussed how important it is. And um, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll start resharing that one again so that we can listen to that again, because that was an important one. We had a whole Baal Tefillah workshop talking about how important tachanun is. But getting back on topic, when we talk about mazal, we, the, way, the way it's understood colloquially is that there's a certain luck, there's a certain fortune that's attached to something. Now, that sounds a little bit like anti-Jewish religion because we believe that at least things are not based on chance and based on luck. So how exactly do we apply this concept of mazal to Jewish thought and authentic Jewish thought and Torah thought? So going back to the concept of the astrology and the zodiac, so things have... Apparently, things in this world, and usually you might think of it at least as a person, a person and his fate, his destiny, people, and perhaps other things are subject to different mazalos. Um, They're subject to different, you could say, signs within the stars that somehow dictate what is going to happen with that thing or that person or maybe that place, maybe that group of people, that country. There, each one has a mazal. And a, a mazal or a mazal is a governing, you could say, a fortune. There might be angelic forces that are attached to it. But that somehow determines the, the or if I would say it determines, but it is at least the coding. It is the coding, pre, um, um, the, um, predestined by Hashem. It's the coding that each thing has, what's going to be in this thing's future. And it would seem that a mazal can either be a good mazal, maybe a bad mazal. So if all of that is true, so when we wish someone mazal tov or mazal tov, what exactly does that mean? Because if the mazal is pre-designated, so then why exactly, um, um, what, what does it mean to wish someone mazal tov? You're, it's almost like you're saying, you want to wish them that they should have a good destiny and a good fate. But if that's something that's already written up and it's in the stars, so then how, can you, how exactly can you wish someone a mazel tov? Right? Isn't that something that's pre-designated? 
So what does that even mean? And not only that, but if the word Mazal Tov loosely and perhaps inaccurately translated, but if we, we humor the possibility that Mazal Tov means good luck, then why do we say it when we do? Right? You don't say Mazal Tov before someone takes an important test. You don't say Mazal Tov when someone is in Shaduchim and hoping to find the right one. Right? You don't say Mazal Tov when, when someone is, is, is trying to have a baby. You say it at the end when something good happens. Right, so if you're just wishing them good luck, you know, we do it at a very funny time, right? Because as I mentioned earlier, for us, Mazel Tov seems to be the equivalent of a, um, of, of a wishing someone a, a, a congratulations, in which case that's not really what Mazel Tov seems to mean when we use it. Or, or at least that doesn't seem to refer to the way we were trying to translate here as some, some wishing of good luck. So I think a bunch of these are fair questions about our usage of the word mazal tov and even the understanding of how such a thing can apply in Yiddishkeit. So um, we have a little bit of our work cut out for us. And then, of course, we have to return to the source for that principle that we mentioned earlier, very, um, you know, very broadly of Ein Mazal Yisrael. What exactly does that mean and how exactly does that work? So... Um, going, going, so uh, let's, let's, um, go back to that topic a little bit. So there's a famous story that's, um, quoted in the name of the Tiferes Yisrael, Rav Yisrael Lipschitz, and he lived in the 17 and 1800s, and he's, um, um he's, um, from, from, of Danzig. And the Tiferes Yisrael had a very controversial, um, you can call it a story or a teaching and, you know, the Tzfer Yisrael has, has a couple of controversial statements that he's made over the years. So, for example, he has a very interesting and controversial position about, you might call it controversial in some circles, maybe not in others, but he has a position about um, dinosaurs and dinosaur fossils that we find here in the, in, in the world and in the earth. What, what do they mean? And so he connects it to the Medrash about um, how the world was, um, Hashem created several different versions of the world before we got to this one. What exactly does that mean, and why would Hashem do such a thing? But He connects it to that, and maybe, maybe, maybe for a different time um, we can discuss that. But um, that, that, that itself is a you know that, that that it's its own can of worms or a can of dinosaurs, if you will. But Tzfaris Israel had a very controversial story about Moshe Rabbeinu of all people. And the, the story more or less goes that, um, that and this, this connects a little bit to, to astrology, but also connects to um, other aspects um, that may or may not affect our Avodas Hashem. But the idea was, was that there were, um, when Moshe Rabbeinu was um, taking the Bnei Israel out of Mitzrayim, he obviously became very famous, and... There was an Arabian king who wanted to know who, who this, this incredible person was. And so he had his artists um, try, to, um, try, try to meet Moshe Rabbeinu or to get a glimpse of the face of Moshe Rabbeinu so that they can draw him and they would be able to return the picture of Moshe Rabbeinu to this king so that he can see it for himself. And he wanted um, his, um, his special... Um, I don't know even what to call it, but these analyzers, um, um, analyzers of, of the face 
to be able to, t- to describe this person, Moshe Rabbeinu, based on the drawings, if they can describe what kind of person he is. There are people who, you know, there are some people that are experts at body language. There's some people that are experts at, at facial analysis. So this king had his artists get a glimpse of Moshe Rabbeinu, and they would bring back the picture, and then he would have his wise men analyze uh, Moshe Rabbeinu. And what they saw was that this person was someone who was selfish, someone with, 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 with um, anger issues, and someone with, with arrogance, and all the, all the you know, antisocial kinds of behaviors that you could think of, describing the most miserable, miserable person. And the king, well, you know, couldn't believe it. And he, he said, you know, it must have been, you know, either, you know, someone's making a mistake. Either the, the wise men are making a mistake or maybe the artists just did a terrible job capturing the face of Moshe Rabbeinu. And one way or another, um, the king tried to get word from Moshe Rabbeinu about, um, about what his wise men had found. And when, when the king himself um, or, or one of the wise men, maybe themselves, um, whoever it was that was sent back, went to Moshe Rabbeinu to meet him in person. So, and I guess this would have been somewhere in the Midbar. So the, the, um, they, they saw that the artists did not make any mistakes. The way they drew Moshe Rabbeinu was exactly the way he was supposed to look. It was, it was a perfect um, portrait of Moshe Rabbeinu. However, um, they, were, you know, they were stunned because they couldn't understand the person that was described to them by the wise men. So how can this be the same person? And they asked Moshe Rabbeinu about this. And Moshe Rabbeinu explained, yeah, you know, that, that's the person that, you know, by my nature, that's exactly what, what I would be, if not for the fact that I had worked on myself. And the, the idea that some say, and this is connected to how if you're born in a particular mazel, you might have certain kinds of tendencies. It's in the stars um, maybe as it were, and maybe literally, it's in the stars that you have certain tendencies that you maybe, so for example, if you're born in the mazal of Mars, so you'll have bloodthirsty tendencies. And the question is, what do you do with your tendencies? What do you do with your leanings? You don't have to be a bad person. No one's, it's for the destiny, you know, what's predestined is not that anyone's going to be a good or a bad person. The Rambam's very explicit about this in Hilchus Tshuva. What is decided is maybe what your leanings will be. But ultimately, you decide what kind of person you're going to be. And, and Moshe Rabbeinu was not, you know, destined to be any kind of person. He, um, he had maybe leanings, but he worked on himself. And this is related to the principle in the Gemara of Ein Mazel Yisrael, that the Mazel does not govern the B'nai Yisrael. So where is that derived from? That's where we get back to our Parsha. And Parsha's Lechacha, Hashem tells Avraham to go outside and to look at the stars, and to count the stars. Right, so, um, and he says, um, um, by, um, the Lashon that the, the Pasuk says is, Vayotze oso ha that Hashem took him outside, and right over here, Rashi says that yes, according to Pachapsha, it means he took him outside to look at the stars. However, Rashi quotes the Midrashic approach that says that he's Amar lo lo mitzagninus shalacha that you're you're going to be um, we're, we're taking you out of your astro- out of your astrological reality. 
So according to the stars, the way it is now, your mazal, with the current name that you have, Avram is not going to have a son. But Avraham will have a son. Meaning when we change your name, we are going to change your mazal. Right? That's something that we heard of. That you can change your name, and that might change your mazal. You're saying, I'm not the same person. The Rambam talks about this when it comes to doing tshuva. You could also change your mazal, some say, by changing your makom. Because different places have different mazal that governs them. So if, if, so if this is true, so the question is, I guess, does mazal apply to the B'nai Yisrael? Does it not? And so some of them in Farshim, they, they suggest that the, when it comes to the B'nai Yisrael as a nation, it doesn't apply to them. And when it comes to the uh, it comes to an individual member of the Bnei Israel, it could be that yeah, a Ben Israel might have some mazal that governs him, but when it comes to the nation at large, we are not governed by mazal. We are not governed by the stars. But the general um, idea is that whatever your mazal is, even if you do have a mazal that m- you might be sort of subject to certain realities based on that mazal, but ultimately we believe. For example, even if Hashem would write up a we know that we say this during the Aser Simei Shuva, or we say it during the Amim Narayim, and we, we fulfill it during the Aser Simei Shuva, that Shuva Tzvilan Staka can change any Gzeira and take the bad out of it. So the point is that we are able to change our reality. And even when the nations of the world have a certain coding within the stars that they are subject to that reality, the way Hashem created it, that's what's going to happen to them. For us, there is no such concept because through Mycentobim, through Tefillah, um, this is what Rashi says, we are able to constantly change those things. And that's completely based on us and our choice. So at the end of the day, we apparently assume that there is no Mazal Yisrael. There's nothing that ultimately um, governs us. But if that's true, so then how exactly is it that we wish each other Mazal Tov? And once again, if it's something that is predestined, if it applies to us, if it doesn't apply to us, if it doesn't apply to us, why are we saying it B'chlal? And if it does apply to us, even if it does, isn't that kind of predestined? So how exactly do we change anything by saying the words Mazal Tov? That's, you know, that's almost like saying um, if someone, it's like what the Gemara talks about, something that already happened, you're going to try to ask Hashem for something based on what happened already, right? they had a baby, and you're going to say, or someone's pregnant with a baby, I'll, I'll give a, a, a more extreme example, someone has a baby, and then you daven that the baby is a boy, or you daven that the baby is a girl, the baby's born already, well, you know, that's not something that, that's going to change, right? hopefully that's not a controversial thing to say, maybe today it is, but it's, that's something that shouldn't be changing, so if it's not supposed to change, then what are we doing when we wish someone Mazal Tov? And again, this is a pressing question. We have to answer this question because we all say the words, right? We, we don't just say congratulations. Um, and we, don't, we don't just say kolakavod, which is maybe another expression we could talk about, um, or chazaku baruch, which is also a nice phrase, or shakayach, or yasher kochacha. Maybe these are all phrases we can talk about what they mean, and Baruch Hashem, and thank you Hashem, and every other kinds of phrase you could think of. But when it comes to Mazal Tov, what are we saying when we wish someone Mazal Tov? So the basic idea is that the, the phrase that you might be more familiar with, because we sing it as a song, Simen Tov Mazal Tov, Right. If you go to Baltzfila Workshop, I can give you several variations of the song Simon Tovu Mazel Tov, um, which um, which have come up in the in the, in the workshop. But Simon Tovu Mazel Tov Yehelanu Lechol Yisrael. 
and you know, some add a main after. But what does that mean? Siman tov means it's a good sign. Mazel tov means it's a good mazel, or something that reflects that there's been a good mazel. Yehelanu l'chal Yisrael. That should be for us and for all of Yisrael. So that is the phrase that we are abbreviating when we say mazel tov. And if that's true, so when we say mazel tov, what are we actually doing? So it seems to me the Pashup shot, and this is something, you know, and I, I did a little bit of research, and this is what seems to be the reality, and the, sim- the simple explanation of this reality, and that is that when we say mazel tov, we are acknowledging that in someone's life they experienced good mazel, that they experienced a good zodiac, a good astrological reality. Hashem has destined for something good to happen to this person. Someone has a baby? We say Mazel Tov. Hashem, you know, wrote this up and this is what would happen for you. And he put it, you know, it was coded in the stars. Mazel Tov. Right? You had a baby. You, you, you got married. Whatever, whatever the example may be. And therefore what? So we're saying Mazel Tov and therefore Yehei Lanu L'chal We should all be able to have some chilek in the same thing. Now, is this something that's predestined? So you could say in a certain sense it might be. But when we say mazel to someone, we are acknowledging that, yeah, you experienced mazel, and the mazel that you experienced was good. I, what happened to Ein Mazel Yisrael? So Ein Mazel Yisrael does not mean that there is no concept of mazel that applies to the B'nai Yisrael. There is. But it's kind of like when the, when the Chumash says, or well, sorry, when, when Chazal, when the Gemara says, Ein Muktum Torah, when it says that, it's not trying to tell us that there is absolutely no chronology in the Torah. When Chazal, when Rashi quotes it, that in muktam muktam Torah, it means that yes, in general, as a rule, there is chronology. There is chronology. Keep on getting that word wrong. Chronology. There, there is a timeline in the Torah, and there's a general timeline that's being followed. But the Torah is not bound to it, right? In muktam Torah, the Torah is not bound to chronological order. Yes, it is in chronological order, except when it's not. So when it comes to Ein Mazel Yisrael, I think the, the same um, uh, logic applies. That yes, there is Mazel for Yisrael. However, just like the Torah is not bound by time, Yisrael is not bound by Mazel. Meaning there is Mazel, but Mazel can change. There's so many things that a Ben Yisrael or the Bnei Yisrael at large can do to change the Mazel. Whether it's Shinoi Makom, changing your place, Shinoi Shem, changing your name, or Shinoi Maisim, changing your actions, changing who you are, doing Shuva. Tfila, all the things that we do to connect to higher realities, which, um, i.e., is our relationship with Hashem. So that's even beyond the stars. And when we say Mazel Tov and Yehelanu Yisrael, what we are in effect saying is that yes, Hashem has given good fortune, and because of our relationship with Hashem as Bnei Yisrael, we in effect are able to draw from that mazel and perhaps apply it elsewhere, even where it wasn't predestined, even where it wasn't predesignated, even where it wasn't pre-coded. We can tap into that and we can have Hashem apply good fortune anywhere. Right? Our fortune, in effect, does not come from the stars. It comes from Hashem. And we can manipulate mazel. And so when we wish someone Mazel Tov, it's almost like you could think of it as a, uh, I don't know if I would call it tongue-in-cheek, but like an indirect way of saying that, yeah, like, you know, there, there, there are some general rules that Hashem wrote up in the stars, and there is, a, there is a predestiny, if we can call it that. And yet, Mazel Tov, i.e., 
Yeah, it was good for you, and we can make it good for ourselves too. By saying a tefillah, asking Hashem, that the same thing could be for us, and why can't it be? Because we are not bound by mazel. So it's, it's almost like an ironic thing to say, but you should realize we're not just saying, oh, things just worked out for you. What we are saying is that, yes, things worked out for us, or worked out for the, whoever the Baal Simcha is, and it doesn't have to stop there. Because if Hashem made one good thing happen for a person who, is, uh, who, um, who has a relationship with him, so the same thing could have happened for, for anyone else. And so what emerges is that there's this phrase which we shouldn't just throw around. We, you know, we should say it with purpose and meaning, realizing that, yeah, you know, Mazel can change just like it did for Avraham Avinu. And just like it did for Sarah Imenu, um, and whoever you know, wh- whoever you are having a um, a conversation with, whatever simcha they underwent, that whatever simcha they experienced, we know many people who were not experiencing that simcha, um, you know, j- um, a short time ago, and they maybe they they suffered for a long time before they were able to experience that simcha, whether it was the shidduch crisis or whether it's infertility or whatever other kinds of tzara a person can go through before they get, to the, they get to see the light at the end of the tunnel, when that happens, we are able to acknowledge Mazel Tov, that whatever it was that you didn't have it until now, now Hashem has given it to you, we can acknowledge that Hashem has either written that up for you, let's say it was predestined that this was going to happen, this good thing was eventually going to happen, or maybe... Yes, maybe actually something changed in the mazal. And whatever that might mean, whatever might have changed, whatever has caused that good fortune, and either it was Hashem having pre-written it, or it was us our, in our relationship with, with Hashem, and Hashem deciding to change that, we are able to draw from that and to say, Every time someone experiences a simcha is an opportunity for us to remember that the same simcha could happen for us and the rest of Klai That... Ultimately, at the end of the day, even though there are things that are predestined, but the one thing that is not predestined is our relationship with Hashem. That is up to us. And ultimately, if it is up to us, we can affect change in the world and change in the stars. And we can, and with, through our relationship with Hashem, any good possible thing can come in the future. We can get good fortune from essentially anywhere. Um, at the end of the day, it comes from Hashem, but it can come from any standpoint, no matter what your starting point was. And so with that, I want to wish everyone a Mazel Tov. Um, and not only that, but I wanted to um, thank you for joining us here at this Real Talk Torah. And that's all the time we have left. So in the meantime, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. And once again, thank you for joining us here at the database.